You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. YN has the linebacker taken out. He cuts inside. The YN has the linebacker in. He comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. Text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. We got Emilio in Tennessee off air here before we went live. Emilio had the uh, had the jukebox going for us, man. We had everything <laughs> from Country Roads to a little Kenny Chesney. And what did you wrap up with, Justin? What was a little that? bit of redneck woman there just to <laughs> just to get us fired up for the star here. <laughs> Nothing like kicking the show off, Tim, with a little Gretchen Wilson, right? <laughs> I was going to say, we all know Emilio. Oh, takes- Tim, you back to the robot. No. Tim went back to his robot. Uh-oh. My, my auto-tune again? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah come on now. Try to exit out and come back in and see if that helps. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. You We're not paying for auto-tune, Tim. Come on now. Yeah, really, man. Look at look at United Bates. Bates. Right off the bat, man. You gifted five. Packer fan total access memberships. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, we'll make sure we get those names on the next giveaway, which it's a good time. I'll tell you oh, to mention this. They hooked me up. I cannot believe you, Bates. Did he really? Thank <laughs> you, Bates. <laughs> My man. Look at that. Got the so, star back. We're still waiting to hear from Gaylord. Or Ryan Okray, if we don't hear from them by tomorrow, Noah P. is the winner of the Jaden Reed autograph rookie card. So he's already reached out. Like I said, if we don't hear from Gaylord and Ryan Okray by tomorrow, uh, we'll go ahead and make Noah P. the winner. All right. So just want to mention that. So and some people are new and they're going, what are you talking about? Um, basically, anyone who's a YouTube member here on the channel, the way we try to give back is we do drawings for autograph memorabilia, just uh, maybe some merch from our merch store, stuff like that just to kind of give back to, to those who are supporting the channel and United Bates just gifted five memberships. So appreciate you, Bates. You are the man, buddy, for sure. Let's see. Crystal die in the house says sucks. I'm still at work. I did get to start that documentary last night though. Watch five series so far. It's unbelievable, man. It, it's so watch, watch it again for sure. Oh, and you can, you'll, you'll catch something new every single time. we got a small segment we'll hit today. Um, which we've hit a little bit of the Lumberjack band during the Bears rivalry week, but I want to do this in chronological order as we walk through that entire documentary series um, this offseason. So we'll make sure we hit that again. We got Josh in the house. Josh said, love this podcast. Listen, every day Clayton and the gang are so good to listen to. Makes my day every day. Go Pack Go. Hey, we appreciate that, Josh. It's good to have you in here live tonight, man. Um, and the feelings mutual, dude. The, the chat always makes the show. There's no doubt about that. We got an awesome community that's cranking. 
Bates says, good, ne- good evening, everyone. Was away on vacay. Good to be back home with the posse. We miss you, buddy. We miss Definitely. you. Thought I might have pissed you off, man. Hadn't seen you. In- <laughs> <laughs> so that tends to happen. It happens with Mandy sometimes. So she just disappears for a couple of days. Then she comes back. I don't know, man. So anyway, Boz uh, in the chat says, you see our boy J-Love working out with Breeze and the UFC fighters. Dog is hungry. We've actually got that picture, Boz. It's a good good segue there, man. Bang, as you can mm. see it right here. Um, relax. This is the Twitter handle I was telling you guys about. Go follow him. He's an awesome follow. It's at it's SKL. It's I-T-Z-Z-S-K-L. The S-K-L is all caps. So lowercase I-T-Z-Z, uppercase S-K-L. And he says, February and Jordan Love is training with legends like Drew Brees and UFC goats like Dominic Cruz. And you can see uh, Drew Brees and Jordan Love right there in the middle. I love the fact that he's spending time with Drew Brees because you're talking about a stand-up dude. Um, you know, just had – I just loved everything he represented when he played the game. He played it the right way. He overcame a what could have been a career-ending injury and just the stuff he stood for, helping veterans off the field and uh, and doing all that stuff to support our military, our warriors, all that stuff. Uh, one of those guys you could tell he was pro-warrior, not pro-war, but was always backing the soldiers, that type of thing. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, what do you think about this, Tim? J-Love out there working out with Drew Brees. Man, that's a pretty good guy to get some uh, get some info from, right? Just some champs hanging out together. You love to see it, right? That's right. That's right. You had uh, you had Drew Brees hanging out with the goat. That's what mm-hmm. it was. No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Amelia? And we were talking about this earlier, you know, with shorter quarterbacks and how it's more difficult to play. Look at the size difference between Jordan Love and Drew Brees. And Drew Brees had a ton of success. Mm-hmm. Look at that, man. Right. Um, he's even got the – he's even, you know, lifting up the shoulders yeah, a little. He's stretching up high. So I would be too. <laughs> crazy what a couple, you know – you know what that what that height difference does, but um, you know it's who you surround yourself with, and I'm happy that he's he's doing that. He's reaching out to the right people. It's he's networking. He's he's figuring it out. Um, so, I mean, that's a that's a great setup right there. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And, you know, I, I heard a long time ago, and, and this really it, it was it was applied throughout business, but it, it's you know success principles are universal. Whether you're playing sports, building a business, or just focused on being the best employee you can be, you know, in your everyday life. You are the sum total. Listen to me. You are the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with that. I mean, and it's so true. If you, if you hang out with a bunch of knuckleheads that aren't going anywhere, that's not interested in in helping add value to other people's lives or, or just be as successful as possible, you're going to end up a knucklehead in the dirt, with, uh, and you're going to be one of these people that's just constantly complaining, complaining about the system, complaining about everybody's keeping me down, complaining how I don't have, you know, I don't have the opportunity that I deserve and all these things, man. I, it's why I love listening to, you know, specific podcasts that I don't want to hear the ones that are just all uplifting and, hey, you you can do this. I want to hear the guys that say, look, well, you got to get your damn hands dirty. Mm-hmm. You got to get in there and make something happen. Um, that's that's the type of stuff I really get into. And uh, and it, it really it. it it shows when you hear people say you are the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. Who's Jordan Love spending time with, right? Right now in the offseason, he's with a future Hall of Famer, Drew Brees. Um, who has he been texting with all season long and in communication with? Aaron Rodgers, right? Um, all the way across the board, man. And it's so cool that he everything he learns from Drew Brees working out with him here, I guarantee he's taking it back to his receiver room, right, Tim? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, with with the type of career Drew Brees had, you know, he had his ups and downs too, you know. So it's like really cool learning experience and just a lot of lot of knowledge that uh, Jay loves soaking up. I'm sure just from spending some time with him. So 
you love to see it. And you love to see it like we're barely into this offseason and he's, you know, still grinding away, you know, the the, the real champs, man. It's no days off, really. Mm-hmm. Constantly working on your craft. So you love to see it. <clears throat> Definitely. Eric Sutherland said, poor me, people make me sick. Um, a little bit harsh, but I understand what you're saying, Eric. Uh, my biggest issue growing up, <clears throat> I had no excuse because my mom was like the perfect example. I was blessed to have the hardest working woman as a as a mother, um, someone that everyone knew, everyone loved. She was always helping out elderly people in our town. She just had a heart of gold and a work ethic that would put some of these 24, 25 year olds in 2024. I'm talking about she would work them under the freaking table. Just uh, spent, you know, 25 years of her life standing out on a hot asphalt uh, working for a black topping company, broke both knees down, broke herself down and just it, anything. Right to support your family. And uh, I had no excuse. I seen that first hand was like, boy, that bar is high. I'm just, there's no excuses. I'm going to get out here and make something happen. So it's all about who you surround yourself with. And uh, I know God blessed me with a, an amazing, it's hard not to get emotional, man. She was an amazing person. I, I'm the first one to tell everybody I was a mama's boy. No doubt about it, man. No <laughs> doubt about it. Um, quarterback rankings, check this out. 33rd team released a, uh, a quarterback's ranking, uh, power ranking, if you will, for the 2024 offseason. It was done by Derek, Class and I want to point out, I don't know. I personally don't know who Derek Classen is. You guys know I'm big on the 33rd team because they got a lot of former coaches, execs, and players that run that website. Um, now, Derek Classen, I don't, I don't think he's a former player. I could be wrong. I don't think he's a former clo- uh, coach. But they're they're going to have people with opinions on the website that's not necessarily former coaches, right? So whether you agree with this or not, again, I don't know who he is. But here <laughs> is the quarterback rankings, okay? that the 33rd team released, according to Derek Klassen. It's number one, Patrick Mahomes. Surprise, surprise. Number two, Lamar Jackson. I agree so far. Number three, Josh Allen. I kind of feel like Josh Allen is a little high, me personally, just because he does not protect the football, man. That, that's the thing. Like, if he if he protected the football better, he's got all the talent in the world. It's just he gets so careless with the game on the line. Uh, number five, you got Matt Stafford. I think he should. I think he should be there in the top five or around it. That dude's still got a a great arm. You seen what he done with a much lesser roster this year. All of a sudden, you got a, a rookie in Puka Nakua that just bursts on the scene, and he just looks like an All Pro. I don't think it's any coincidence Matt Stafford's his quarterback too, right? That's not to take anything away from Puka. You guys know going into the draft last year, I was big on him. Uh, Dak Prescott at number six, I, I'm okay with that. C.J. Stroud number seven, I like it. Uh, number eight. Um, is Trevor Lawrence. I'm kind of iffy on that one. You know what I mean? I don't know if <laughs> he's one of those guys, too, that he's always been ranked high at every level, whether it was high school, college, and now here coming into the pros. I just don't feel like he's performed up to that level yet. Um, I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I don't know if I put him in the top 10. Joe Burrow absolutely had a down year. It, you know, this time last year, we were probably putting him in the top five, right? And then at number 10, we got our very own Jordan Love. I love it, man. The fact that you're going into next season as a top 10 quarterback, we're coming into this past season. Some people were saying, hey, he might be a top 25 quarterback. Now we've seen second half of the season, he played like a top five quarterback, really a top three quarterback, to be honest with you. Maybe the best quarterback in football that second half, um, especially since like what was it, like week nine? Um, but nonetheless, man, if he carries that into next year, you're going to see him jump right into that top five. Tim, I think we got us another franchise QB, man. We, we sure do. And I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't disagree with this top 10 anymore. Um, honestly, I'm 
there's no way I'm putting a call me a homer. I don't care. Uh, but I'm not putting Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert over over Jordan Love. I'm just not. Um, yeah. And we have to go based on you're only as good as your last games, right? So you got to go based <clears throat> on what we saw in 2023. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I the list seems. I see how he played it safe with with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers too. Just kind of stuck him in the middle there because he's he's still Aaron Rodgers even though he missed an entire season. Um, <clears throat> you got to count him at least in the you know, halfway point of these quarterbacks and, and up, but um, no, I think, I think Jay love could have probably been on that list, you know, somewhere near, you know, top five, actually, you know? Yeah, so. definitely. I can see if, if we had pulled this up and he was top five, I wouldn't be surprised. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Emilio? What's, yeah. what you out that? I'm there too. Yeah. The uh, top five, six, seven, something like that. And just give him another year. It'll be, he'll be locked in top five, I would think. Uh, so um, I think uh, Paul Robertson said here he thinks Burrow and Herbert should be flipped maybe, or Burrow at least have four. So I'd be all right with that. But, again, we got injuries. That's the same thing with kind of Rodgers. Um, so I, I'm i just excited, man. I can't wait. I can't wait to see how high he gets up there, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, I agree with Blake here. Blake B in the chat says Purdy, Brock Purdy is too low in my opinion, but F the Niners. So I agree with both of those statements, actually. Um, yeah, they got Brock Purdy at 18, and that makes no sense to me, man. I will never understand the Brock Purdy slander. I just don't. I don't get it. That dude, I mean, if you look at his statistics, if you looked at how he played all year long, he was a legit MVP candidate, in my opinion. Um, I don't I don't understand how anyone can watch the way he played and be like, nah, he's not a top 10 quarterback. That's that's to me way off base right there. Another one that kind of sticks out to me is Justin Fields being 21. That's kind of like I feel like that's a little high to be honest with you. But uh poor uh yeah, poor Pickett down there with the Steelers coming in 31st. Who's 32nd? I need I can't even see it here. Let's see here. Bailey Zappy. Did Bailey Zappy make it over Mac Jones? Oh my god, that's hilarious. Boy, that's gonna cause some ruffle some feathers up there in New England, which they're probably going in a different direction anyway, right? So, uh, but Peter Stone already starting it off. We're, we're going to get to one tonight. I, I, we've been asked a half a dozen times, so uh, we need to get in a mock draft this evening. We'll do that by the time we wrap up, which means we got to get this thing going. I, you guys got to stop talking, okay? So uh, we can get through it. But uh, let's see what else we got in the chat real quick. Uh, Jake Shavink said, you could argue the top five are in the AFC speaks to why teams are swinging for guys like Richardson and Levis. That makes a lot of sense. I yeah. can see that for sure. Um, and then Greg Rice says, I hope he doesn't have the sophomore slump talking about love. The sophomore slump kind of is a real thing. But, you know, he's been in the league now. This will be his, what, his fifth year this will be. So you got to kind of throw the sophomore slump thing out, out the window, right? You know, with sophomore slump, it's usually because a rookie bursts on the scene. They have a great year. Second year, they kind of catch up with them, and they don't really know how to adjust to other people adjusting to them. Um, I kind of feel like – I'm not saying it's impossible, Greg. I think you make a good point. But I, I think it's a lot less likely that Jordan Love going into his fifth year is going to have a sophomore slump, right, because it's second year starting. But let's, uh, let's hope I'm right in that, right? So – um, there you go. Let's do this. We were talking about Don Mikowski several different times, right? It keeps getting brought up. Don Mikowski, Don Mikowski, right? You know, what's Don Mikowski fa famous for, right? He was the magic man, you know, being a, a dual threat type quarterback, could, could make plays on the run, could kind of make plays off script. But also he was the guy that Favre replaced when he hurt his ankle, right? That's Let's be honest. That's what everybody knows him of, right? Uh, I think people – 
forget just how good he was at times. Like in 1989, I think, if I remember correctly, he threw for over 4,000 yards and had 27 uh, touchdown passes. And that's not including his rushing game, right? So we've got a quick highlight reel here of Don Mikowski, okay? And we'll lead off with it. We're going to get to season three of the Packers with the history segment too. But check out this highlight reel real quick of Don Mikowski. And I apologize for the audio. You're going to hear it fade in and out. I just found this uh, a highlight reel on YouTube that someone had put together. So the audio is is absolute cheeks. But let's just kind of focus on the highlight reel. And you'll see what we're talking about with Don Mikowski. Here's the magic man. Here's Mikowski. Bootleg. Take off, right. Mac. And he's going to throw to the end zone to Perry Camp. Here's Mikowski back to throw on first down, gets a good block, now runs out of there to the right. Wants some help, throwing down field for Fontenot. Got it, touchdown! Here's Don back to throw. Don looking, Don running, Don throwing! Touchdown, Clary! Mikowski sets up the throw. He's going right corner of the end zone, and it's caught for the touchdown! Back goes Mikowski to throw on second down. Looking and looking and in trouble, now gets away. Rolls to the right, fires under a touchdown! Action fake. Mikowski going in the right corner of the end zone. And Turner with a diving catch for the touchdown. Mikowski looking. Now stepping up. On the run. He's going to have to throw in the end zone. Throw it on. And touchdown. After winning the quarterback job in preseason, Don Mikowski's dazzling sleight of hand had Packers fans singing a new song as the magic man cast his spell over NFL defenses. Let's go, baby. We need it. We need it. In 1989, Mikowski threw for over 4,300 yards and 27 touchdowns, the second highest totals in Packers history, and also emerged as the team's number two rusher. Mikowski blossomed within Infante's multiple system and was consistently able to find the second and third receiver. And it was Mikowski's rock and roll looks and style that gave the Packers offense its personality. Then in 1987, a 10th round draft pick out of the University of Virginia named Don Mikowski changed everything. He's on the run over to the left. Gotta watch out behind now. Throws it towards the field. It's caught by Kent. Touchdown. He was big. The magic man was big. He had the name. What a great second half by Mikowski. He's done everything No one looked better in a football uniform than Don Mikowski. He had the long blonde hair going. Always had the really nice wristbands. His socks were pulled up perfectly. It's kind of like Charlie Sheen's character in Major League. I'm not as conventional as you may have liked. I'm not going to do things the way you draw it up on the board. And like the wild thing, there was no taming Mikowski on or off the field. All right, so you guys get the idea there. Boz in the chat said this is AFAM's workout music. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I like uh, you could hear John Gruden there. I know John Gruden when I hear him yeah. on there talking about yeah. the magic man. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. Classic. Shout out to Jen Wright. That was, uh, I agree with Jen too. Uh, you know, Domikowski was the first quarterback I can remember yeah. uh, cheering for. Uh, seen some of the, the old county stadium games and those highlights. And, you know, he could throw the deep ball, man. He really could. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Tim. We didn't even talk about this off air, but look at you with the perfect segue here. Look at this clip. And five. Mikowski 
Sharp who makes a great catch. Truly great catch by Sterling Sharp with Carl Lee defending. That's called throwing somebody open. Yes, it is. And that's called a spectacular hit. Oh, he dusted him. Jim Wright said sharp, man. That's it. You wonder why Sterling Sharp is a Pro Bowl yeah. receiver? Why he's the first Packer to lead the league since the great Don Hudson? Watch this catch. Bent outside and everything. What a great picture. Full extension. There's that there's that chin strap on the back of his helmet. Yep, you see it. <laughs> you love it. See it. Hey, you know what? Hell with it. Let's do a chalk talk. You want to, boys? <laughs> Here we go. So that play we just saw, they come out in a 21 ace, Y left, H right stack, Z quick pivot, H corner, X go, double safe. Is that long enough for you? That's what you said. So here we go. 21. What's 20? You guys are looking at this going, Clayton, this is 12. This ain't 21. Wrong. Back then, they were running a lot of 21 personnel, right? Two running backs. This guy right here, I'm going to line it up in red for you. This guy is your H-back, okay? So he's actually kind of that fullback mold. Over here is your Y, okay? So you got 21. Two running backs, one tight end. We're going H-right. Who's the H? This guy right here. He's kind of playing that H wing, if you will. Okay. So you've got H right. He just off a touch. We're going stack. What's stack mean? You see the receivers down here stacked on top of one another. And then we're going to go Z quick pivot. What does that mean? The Z, who's the Z? First of all, you got to identify the Y to find the X, right? The X is on the line of scrimmage opposite the Y. If he's your H, that makes that tied in your Y opposite the Y, obviously, on the line of scrimmage. You see the line of scrimmage right here. He's up on the line. That is your X. Your X on this in this situation and in this specific play would be your boundary X. That is Sterling Sharp, the uh, just absolute superstar. Okay, so what we're going to run here as far as a play is we're going to go Z quick. This is your Z right here, right? So he's going to go quick motion, just a little shift right here, and then he's going to go Z quick pivot. So what a pivot route is is you're going to come up here and kind of act like you're going to run an inside breaker like a slant, and then you're going to pivot back out, okay? So you're trying to get the defense to commit to that end breaker and then pivot back outside. H corner, here's your H back. He's just going to come downfield and run a corner route, and he actually gets jammed up pretty good, okay? And it's going to be deeper than this. I just can't take it off screen, obviously. And then, of course, you've got your X go, right, which is going to be Sterling Sharp going deep. Look at that arrow. Was that big enough for you? We've got double safe. What does double safe mean? All right, so if H corner, everyone's got an assignment, right? You've got your Z assignment. He's quick pivot. You've got your X go. You've got your H corner. Notice there's no T or Y, right? So when you say double safe, guess what that means? Safe, going to stay in and block. It's going to come up here and pass block, and your Y is going to drop back and pass block. Okay, so again, the play is 21 ace, Y left, H right, stack, Z quick pivot, H corner, X go, double safe. Let's roll the tape at 50% here and really enjoy it. Here you're going to see the Z quick. Here comes the motion. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, 
kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm going to set up, and again, watch the H is going to leak out. He's going to run a corner. There's your pivot underneath. Mikowski with a deep drop. He's just going to hum this tater. He threw that from roughly, what, the six-yard line down to the the opposite 45? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a freaking throw right there, dude. And that catch by Sterling Sharp, oh my goodness! Look at him on the line too, right here. Which is poor thirty-nine. Yeah, buddy, you're you're trying to you're trying to handle a man right here. Look at this. Just get off of me, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> We're out of here. Sterling Sharp. Look at the separation, man. Like he was big, he's physical at the line, and then he could separate like that. And, and what you said, Emilio, him bending back outside. Mm-hmm. Bang. Dude, and that deep safety, he's fired, dude. Where was he going on that play? <laughs> Like he was like climbing upfield. He he had no idea what he was doing. You know what I think he was looking at? If they're in like a single high look and, and without the all 22, it's hard to tell. I'm thinking this is that pivot action. He's thinking this guy's crossing the field. Maybe that safety is going, all right, let me clamp down and take down underneath and make them take the shot here. Right. Uh, that I could be it. it. But again, and maybe, you know, I imagine this was probably around 1989. So maybe the league wasn't completely on to Sterling Sharp yet. You know, he was still kind of a fairly young player there, then, too, although he absolutely blew up in 1989. You would think that safety would want eyes on this guy rather than anyone else. So I'm with you. Right. Yeah. But again, look at him off the line, man. I mean, just completely beats him like a drum. Yeah. And look at the safety come flying in just like six yards below him. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. He's like, what in the world happened, dude? You got cooked. Absolutely cooked. That catch, though. Look at that, dude. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, my first memory of Sterling Sharp was Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever played Tecmo Bowl, but you could not stop Sterling Sharp. Don Mikowski to Sterling Sharp on the old Tecmo Bowl. Look at this right here. Who's that dude uh, from Step Brothers? John C. Riley, is that his name? Is that, is that who we got right here? What is this going on? Look at all this hair. Oh, my God, dude. This looks like one of the gummin from the grassy knoll right here. Look at this cat right here. He looks like a fat Elvis. Okay. What is going on with this? You, look, you got Eric Sutherland right here with the with the trucker cap. I love these old films. Just what is this dude? Is he a chef? What's he got on his head? Look at this. Oh God. The stuff we find in chalk talks, dude. I love it. Absolutely. VIPs, man. That's VIP seating at County Stadium right there I by the it. dugout. Yeah. <laughs> the one sitting on the grass. <laughs> so this was definitely County Stadium, right, Tim? Oh, yeah. 
God, you love to see it, man. I'm 99% sure that's County Stadium. Yeah. The red red railings, you can see the dugouts. Yeah. Love it, man. Bring back some memories, don't it? Man, for sure. You spend any time at County Stadium, too? Uh, Just a little. Just a little. Just a little. Um, (laughs) Yeah, just a little. Uh, But, yeah, man, you know, this is some of my earliest Packer memories right here. Just – just seeing that. And then in the in the highlight reel early on, you could see the one uh the game winner against the Bears at Lambeau um with uh magic rolling to the right. That was actually uh the one of the first I think it was the first uh replay review that um had an impact on a on a football game, I believe. Uh you talking about versus the Bears where he throws back across his body. Yeah. yeah, and he was over the line of scrimmage, <laughs> but they uh, <laughs> they ruled doing? that it wasn't. But they actually did. They they reviewed it and uh, upheld the tutter. So, uh, yeah, classics, man. You know, we for all the credit that we uh, we give Brett Favre, which is all deserving. This is not to take anything away from Brett Favre, but um, you know, it really was the magic man who uh, kind of brought the pack back, and um, you know, got the wheels turning. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, the uh, the injury kind of cut his time in Green Bay short, but um. You know, the Magic Man had uh, Packer fans excited again there, late 80s, early 90s, um, you know, coming out of the dark the dark ages of the uh, the 70s and 80s. So, um, yeah. I don't know, it's just great to see, man. I'm glad you uh, found some of those clips. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. Like, it's the offseason, and, and again, the reason I wanted to show it is because every time we hear Don Mikowski, you just think he's he's the Wally Pip of football, right? Like, he, he gets hurt, Brett Favre takes over as the Iron Man, and you never hear about him again. And I just I think it's important to remind people Don Mikowski was no pushover. That dude was a stud. I'm, I'm going to yep. try to get him on the pod too. I think he'd be a cool guest to have on the yeah. pod just to talk about that transition, you know, and what it was like to play in the late '80s because they did. They had a little bit of success. I think in '89 when he had his his best statistical year, I think they won ten games if I remember correctly. So it wasn't like they were just always horrible, especially once Don Mikowski got into town. It's just the way he played. He played kind of, you know, some would say reckless. I would say fearless. And uh, he just couldn't, couldn't stay off the injury list, you know. And you see him get hurt too. You never go, I didn't look that bad. Every time it's like, God, that looks like a horrible AC joint. You see the ankle get twisted up, you know. And uh, he's just one of those guys that kind of hung out in the pocket fearlessly and then obviously willing to scramble, throw on the run, and take a lick as he lets it go. So, um, you well, just, they said he was drafted in what, the 10th round? Was that 10th? what that video was saying? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It's just, I, I love, if you go back, man, if you go to YouTube, I'm telling you, man. You will find if you just type in Green Bay Packers full game, there will be a ton of stuff, especially from the 70s and 80s. And some people are going, Don't go watch that. It's it's bad. There's still some good gems in there. There really is. And you can find some really cool snow games in there too. So yep. again, Don Mikowski just want to put some respect on that name. Uh, Magic One said that's actually what he his uh, YouTube name is named <laughs> after is Don Mikowski. He said that earlier in the chat, I believe mm-hmm. he said Sharp should be in the Hall of Fame. Amen. You know, I was one of those guys, Magic, that I was for a little while, I was kind of like, Yeah, but you know, he got hurt and and you know, didn't really put up crazy numbers like I I can see why he's not in and then you know again I wasn't a fan back then I was you know uh, wasn't really keyed in on following the Packers and pro football but when I went back and looked at the numbers Tim Sterling Sharp freaking dominated dude like it was unbelievable how his stats looked it's literally criminal that he's not in the Hall of Fame at this point I want to find a prosecutor and (laughs) we need to be we got to see someone's got to take this case. Um, I mean, you can put his numbers up against, you know, some of these guys that are in already. And, you know, I don't, I don't care about the career being short. I mean, right. the, the stats are there, 
you know, and the impact that he had on his team and, and the, the the time he spent here, I mean, he deserves to be in. I mean, he's not even eligible. He's only eligible in the senior class now, right? Or the uh, the alumni class. So it's like we, we got to get him in. It's got to happen. I mean, and his you know his brother deserves to be there. You know, there's no debate that that Shannon deserves to be there. But I mean, sort of Sterling. I yeah. don't know what can we do a petition? What do we got to do here? Let's, uh, asked, let's get it going. I asked both Tony Mandarich and I asked uh Daryl Thompson, you know, former players that played with Sterling. Like, you know, I said, How do we? I said, Was he really that good? And I remember Daryl going, Oh, he was unbelievable. I'm like, How do we get him in the hall? He said, Well, you got to get more people in the hall so they can vouch for him, right? That's the big thing. And now you got Leroy in there, so you got a few more people kind of in place to, to help go, hey, what about Sterling? Right. But let's look at his career stats. I went ahead and pulled them up real quick. These are just wild. 1988 is rookie year, 791 yards, one touchdown. Okay. 1989, he goes from 791 in a tutter to 1,423 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. The very next year, 1,105 yards, six touchdowns. The very next year, 961 yards, four touchdowns. Hey, kind of a down year. And then, boom, has his biggest career year in 92, 1,000. 461 yards with 13 touchdowns backed it up in 93 with 1,274 yards and 11 touchdowns. And then in 1994, 1,119 yards, 18 touchdowns in 1994. I mean, this dude, my gosh, man, you're talking about a total of what? 8,134 receiving yards, 65 touchdowns, just unbelievable. Um, Along of 79, just kind of, going through the percentages here, yards per game. He averaged 72.6 yards per game. Um, phenomenal player, man. He needs to be in the Hall of Fame, no doubt about it, man. I think everyone would, would agree if it hadn't been shortened from the injury, he would have been a first ballot, no doubt. It's still, it just it sucks to even mention that as, as somewhat of an excuse. For, um, but Doug said in the chat, 100% County Stadium. Tim was spot on, so that was County Stadium. Number one Packer fan said, my first baseball game was at County Stadium. Had ice cream and a little novelty baseball helmet. Got uh, got bored and went to sleep. LOL. That's baseball right there, baby. That's baseball. That's baseball talk. I'm a big baseball fan. I grew up playing baseball. Right. It was my sport. It was my, it was my love. Like I still say, you know, I baseball was my first love, but football is my passion, man. Um, yep. and same thing with me. If I sit down and watch a baseball game, I get a couple innings in, Emilio. <laughs> it's over, bro. I wake, I wake up around the seventh inning. I'm like, what's the score? <laughs> <laughs> you ever play baseball, Emilio? No, no, I could. Uh, that wasn't for me. I played lacrosse. Gotcha. It was a spring sport. Yeah, no doubt. We we played the clips. We seen you lighting kids up. We we know your parents held you back four years so you could play with the youngins, right? I wish. <laughs> it helped. <laughs> it helps. Jake Shavink said one touchdown every 5.2 catches in 94. My word. Just wild, man. Absolutely wild, dude. Um, let's see here. SDM40 in the chat said Shannon talking about Shannon Sharp's Hall of Fame speech. He said he was the only guy in the hall who was the second best player in his family. Sterling with tears running down. I remember that. And I remember, if I remember correctly, too, who was it that jumped onto him? Someone got onto Sterling about crying too during that. I can't remember who it was. It was one of the, you know, they have the they have the Hall of Fame members lunching where they go, or I think it's the lunching. They have a closed doors hangout where media is not allowed in there. And no one ever talks about what they actually, you know, have a conversation about in there in that meeting. And um, I remember that getting leaked out. 
I can't remember who it was, if it was Deacon Jones or it was somebody who kind of took over for as ambassador. I can't remember who it was because Ray Nitschke used to do the Ray Nitschke luncheon. And then obviously when he passed away, someone else took it over. But they said they gave him absolute hell for crying during the during the speech. Um, I just love that they're old school like that. Some of them old heads. Right. But uh, yeah, that is receiving. It's tough. It is, man. It is. Number one Packer fan said, imagine if Sterling and Shannon were both on the Packers back in the day. My Lord. Oh, Lord. Unbelievable. Wow. All right. Anything you guys want to hit on before we get into the history segment? Because we got to get these guys and gals a mock draft before we get out of here, too. Mm. I just want to say real quick how how cool it was that we did a, a little deep dive on Domikowski and we came to the conclusion that Sterling Sharp belongs in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, just another reason why Don Mikowski kind of gets pushed to the back, right? Like right. every single time. Yeah, you, but think about how how great Magic must have felt, though, to have a guy like that to throw oh, to. Because yeah. I mean, you know, that it just it does. It makes you look better. You know, Sterling made a lot of those guys look look really good. You know, and uh, a lot of DBs look really bad. So yeah, you know, he fun. had two rules of thumb. When Magic Man dropped back, he said, "If it's single coverage, I'm going there, and if he's even." They're le- he's leaving, right? <laughs> the old saying, if I'm even, I'm leaving. If Sterling Sharp is in someone's hip pocket, he's going to separate if you just throw that ball out there. I-, I can only imagine what it was like having that kind of security blanket. Emilio, you got anything before we hit this uh, this history segment here? No, I love it. I like All right, here we go, man. So this is picking up at year three, season three. You guys seen the old pictures of the Acme Packers, right? Some of the coolest uniforms you'll ever see, right? People – People are convinced or they're probably just kind of think, you know, they're misled that, man, they were the Acme Packers for so long. I think it was like less than a season or something. They were the Acme Packers. And the reason that came along is because Curly worked at the Indian Meat Packing Company. Right. And they sponsored them, put up five hundred dollars for equipment. So they agreed they would call themselves the the Indian Packers. Right. So I think it was like the next year or the year after. Acme bought the Indian meat packing company out. So they become the Acme Packers, but it didn't last very long at all. So we pick up right around that time frame, And this is going to lead us into the birth of the Chicago Green Bay rivalry. Here we go. At the end of the second season, December, 1920, Acme packing company, Chicago purchases Indian packing. The Indian packing company Packers become the Acme Packers. On August 27, 1921, the American Professional Football Association admits the Acme Packing Company team of Green Bay, Wisconsin to its membership. They were really the Acme Packers, you could say, for two months. I don't believe the Packers ever paid a franchise fee. There's no record of it. George Hallis said it was never charged. In order to join this group, you had to put up $100 for a franchise. I think it's worth a little more than that now. But there was never a doubt as to what type of game we had. Curly Lambeau over the years said that he paid from $5 to $25 to $50 to $250. His story changed every time he told it. (laughs) Uh, The league in 1921 was really made up of small town teams just like the Green Bay Packers. When Green Bay was admitted to what became the NFL, it was the seventh largest city in the state of Wisconsin. Superior was bigger, Oshkosh was bigger, and the three biggest cities were Milwaukee, Racine, and Kenosha. And they, at all point, at some point during the 1920s, had franchises, they all fell by the wayside. Green Bay's population is a mere 31,000 people. 
It is the smallest of several small Midwestern cities among the APFA's 21 members. We're the third oldest team in the National Football League, just by a couple of days with the Bears, and of course the Cardinals are the oldest. That's always been an issue with the size of the city. Can this city support a pro football team? The Packers needed benefactors in the 1920s. None of these teams, not even Chicago, were tremendous successes. Yes, they were in bigger cities. They had a larger potential audience to draw from, but it was still a small operation. The Packers' credibility grows when they announce the signing of tackle Howard Cub Buck, a University of Wisconsin All-American and a member of Jim Thorpe's Canton Bulldogs. Curley signs him for a whopping... Look at this guy real quick. If you guys watch Leatherheads, do you remember when they brung in the guy that they signed? That was the big, huge lineman. Do y'all remember that? This, I'm telling you, man, that movie is molded after the Green Bay Packers. This is I, this is the first person I think of when I seen this dude on this documentary. I went, "That's who they were imitating in Leatherheads when they brung in that." You know what I'm talking about, right? The young guy that was like, I mean, just absolutely huge, mm -hmm. big boy. This is I'm telling you right here, man. You guys remember too? Didn't he kick? In that movie, because he kicked someone in the rear end with the football, they said he can kick too. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to the details of this, dude, because this dude kicked too. $100 a game. Jim Thorpe's team was considered one of the best in the country. Cub Buck was a lineman, a big lineman, just over six feet, weighed upwards of 250 pounds. The size of the average person back in those days was nowhere near six feet, 250. And he was from the state. He played for five years and was in the lineup almost every week. He could kick field goals, he could punt, he could block. Occasionally he returned to kickoff. That would be quite a sight seeing this big man lumbering down the field. The Packers host the Minneapolis Marines on October 23rd, 1921. Paul Robertson. It is the Packers' there. first game in the APFA, the American Professional Football Association. The word was that if the Packers didn't win that game, they would have been booted out of the league. Minneapolis was a very strong team. And boy, if they could fare well against a team like that, then we might have a future. Green Bay drew a fairly good crowd to that Minneapolis game. We ended up pulling that game out seven to six, just in the last few minutes. Good old George wrote, cushions went flying in the air while soaring hats were as thick as Green Bay flies in a July night. That was the start of Packer football on a much more major level than we had played in 1919 and 1920. With each game, the passion for the team grows. Packers had always had an avid fan base, and they had a core of fans that really got heavily involved. It was just one big family gathering, and everybody loved the Packers. East and West, surprising they came together even to support a football team. Fans kept coming, not just from Green Bay, but from all over the state. You had to show you could be competitive. By the end of the season, they got an opportunity to go to Chicago and play the Cardinals and Bears in back-to-back -back weeks. There was a lot of support for the team on the road in those days as well. When they face off against the Chicago Cardinals for the first time, the faithful gather at Turner Hall in downtown Green Bay for play-by-play -play reports. Fans that stayed behind they could follow the game on what they called the grid graph. It had a wooden football that you could move back and forth. So a play would happen in Chicago. It would get relayed to Green Bay, and then they would move that football, whatever number of yards were gained on the play. So fans at Turner Hall could 
know what was going on down in Chicago just seconds after it occurred down there. Here's this little city playing in this big league, and they're holding their own. That's what drew people to the Packers. Hold their own, they do. Much to the chagrin of many teams, one in particular. Any Packer-Bear game was bigger than any other game. Chicago with George Hallis. That was a step up for the Packers to be able to play them. November 27th, 1921. Several hundred fans in a makeshift band with 20 horn players and a handful of drummers descend on Chicago for the first Packers-Bears football game. It wasn't out of George Hallis's fondness for the city, Green Bay, or anything. He needed to win, and he probably needed another gate. There were large contingents of Packer fans going down there. And they met at midnight at the Elks Club in downtown Green Bay, marched to the Chicago Northwestern Depot, caught a train to Chicago. They didn't get a wink of sleep. Stumbling off a midnight train, the self-proclaimed Lumberjack Band marched through the loop and out to Cubs Park, causing a ruckus along the way. It's just a regular band from around Green Bay, and uh, you know they play football songs and stuff like that. They drank all the way down to Chicago on the train, got off the train, and started marching through the loop, playing their instruments. They marched through several hotel lobbies, including the Packers. They dressed like lumberjacks, and it was a great band. The two first coaches, George Hallis, Curly Lambeau, they were players at the time in that game in 1921. George Hallis scored the last touchdown for the Bears. They beat us pretty good that first game, 20 to nothing. But a rivalry was started. The Packers become the biggest draw on the Bears' schedule, as rivalrous as it is. Hallis and Lambeau really didn't care for one another. Both George Hallis, the founder of the Bears, and Curly were showmen, let's face it. And uh, they made it a point never to shake hands after a game. They were two ultimate competitors and wanted to beat each other so bad that they would do whatever it took. There's some misconceptions about George Hallis and how he was this great friend of the Packers. He was when it benefited his bottom line. He wasn't necessarily when it didn't benefit his bottom line. George and Curly Lambeau were entirely two different characters altogether. First of all, Lambeau was more a gentleman on the sidelines than most coaches. He got riled up once in a while. And over on the other side was old George Hallis, and he was an official baiter. He was always cursing him out. The biggest problem that the officials had with George Hallis, he wanted to follow the team down the field, clear down to the end zone, and they had a hard time keeping him on the bench. There are times he was a raving maniac. At first, Chicago really didn't want to come to Green Bay because the attendance wasn't going to be comparable to Chicago. By the mid-20s, George Hallis wanted them to come to Chicago and play there twice a season because they were drawing better than any other team that he was bringing in. Excitement quickly turns to disappointment. The end of the 1921 season, played the game against the Racine Legion. It was a non-league game, billed as the state championship game. The Packers use three players, three college players. It can't do that. That's, that's not allowed. They were caught. Notre Dame punished the players. In early 1922, the Packers are ousted from the league. 
Not until the summer of 1922 is there a meeting at which they are allowed back into the league. Part of that was because of Curly Lambeau's persistence, but I think another part of it was they also sensed Green Bay was a good city for the league. A league that, at that 1922 meeting, takes on a new name. It becomes the National Football League. A new league president is charged with doling out the punishment. Joe Carr, as a new president, felt compelled that he had to do something to clean up his game. The Packers post a forfeit fee of $1,000 and are back in. So the Packers get caught using um, college players. And where do the players that had used up their college eligibility end up? They end up with the Chicago Bears. The early 20s sees the growth of a powerful team. Big name players, big draws, home and away. Oodles of fans. On November 5th, the Packers face off against the Columbus Panhandlers at Hagemeister Park. Packers had an insurance policy. If you got so much rain, they would pay a certain amount of money to compensate you for the loss of that revenue. Unfortunately, that game, the rain did not amount quite to the what the insurance policy stated. $1,500 lost. Rain falls three one-hundredths of an inch short of the amount needed for the Packers to collect on their insurance. All right, so we'll pick up there on the history tomorrow. Um, it's pretty cool because that that kind of puts them in really bad standing. They have to lean on the fans for the the future years. To that's where the stock drive kind of starts to come into play, right? And and the fans begin belling the team out. You actually had a fan fall at City Stadium. He ended up suing the team, and to keep the team from going under, basically they had this stock drive. They asked for people to to donate money to help save the team. Love the community in Green Bay, but again, that's where we'll pick up tomorrow right around the uh, insurance. What do you think there, Tim? Anything stick out to you on that history segment, man? I just love the the old lumberjack band story. <laughs> right. and, you know, that's like the most Wisconsin thing ever, right? Get hammered on the train ride down and play your uh, play your Packer songs as loud as you can, walking <laughs> through the Chicago loop. I love it. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's almost like going to a tailgate now, right? You know? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, the, third, I, the third oldest team and just – and I, I think we're the closest to, you know, old history. You know, we're, we're – it's just awesome, man. Yeah. What's crazy, too, is like, you know, what Paul Robertson says here, never knew Green Bay was kicked out of the league for using college players. The story I heard, too, and it was a tour guide told us this story, and, I, and I'm, I'm assuming they heard it from somewhere, whether it's true or not, who knows, that when they went down to get put back into the league, they charged them twice the amount of fee to get back into the league, which we'll probably get into that later on in the history aspect because they get kicked out of the league. And when they got uh, re reinstated back in, it was my understanding that Curly Lambeau and another guy, I don't think it was George Calhoun, but Curly Lambeau and someone else drove his car to Chicago. They upped the fee on him because they got caught cheating. That guy sold his car and they had just enough money to buy a membership back into the league and two train tickets back to Green Bay. <laughs> so, just wild, man. What they went through to to keep uh to keep the team going, you know. Um so yeah, Paul, it's uh it's it's I'm telling you, man, Cliff Crystal's right. It's the greatest story in sports. 
no doubt about it. Doug in the chat says, I'm on fire tonight, so psyched after a positive interview today. That's what I'm talking about. This chat has kept me on my game for a year. Thank you all. Hey, we appreciate you, Doug, and good luck with the uh, second interview and, and moving forward, man. Hope you get it. And here's the thing. If you don't get it, it's because something else better is out there, dude. Everything happens for a reason. Just stay positive and work your ass off, and, and you'll get everything you need, man. Uh, Paul Robertson says, get hyped, Doug. Who do you think you are? I am. I need that. I got to get I gotta get a little bit of that in my life right now, man. Let's, uh, where's it at here? Who do you think you are? I am. That's how you walk up in that second interview right uh -huh. there. Right there, Doug. That's how you do it. No, don't do that. Please don't do that. Okay. Uh, Doug said, Larry, thank you. Thank you all. But this Packer retrospective in full, in full, is crazy to watch and listen. Absolutely, man. And his last comment, Doug said, tough to tell a, a pers uh, prospective employer. I took off from April 2023 till February 2024 because I was learning from Packer fan total access. Don't, don't attach me to that. Big dog, right. Right? <laughs> don't put me on that unemployment uh, uh, application. All right. I, I... Who? Exactly. I'll say, is it true that you forced Doug to not get a job for a year? I'll go, who? Who? So. There you go. All right. Y'all ready to do a mock draft? To it. All right. Here we go. I'm going to let you guys run this one, boys. I'm going to let you run. I'll tell you what the needs are, and then you guys tell me what you want picked here. All right. And we're going to use PFF tonight. Can you guys see that okay? Yep. All right. Yeah. Cool. Here we go. I can zoom in a little bit further. It makes it a little, a little tough to see the, the prospects, though. We're using PFFs. Mock draft out. Oh, I heard a ding. I heard a beep. I heard a beep. Look at here. My man Jake Shavink in the house. <laughs> How you doing, Jake? I'm doing good. How are you fellas doing? Hey, it's just like a genie, man. You say yeah. mock draft and poof, there he is. Appears. All right. You have to rub the lamp. <laughs> All right. I'm going to steer the ship here. You guys make the picks. Um, Jake's going to be your draft advisor. Sound good? I'm all happy. Right. Don't, don't all speak at once there. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Starting the draft. Let's run through it here. Oh, Lord, tell me. Tell me it didn't mess up already. You're <laughs> on the clock. Oh, no, we're in. We're in, right? Yeah. Okay. Or are we? No, we ain't. Let's Wait. Play. Are no, you in, like, draft for bears. everyone? Yeah. Did I, did I pick the Bears? Oh, my God. You might have picked everybody. I might have picked the Bears. What I might have done. Let's go right, back. Right, yeah. you can Give him a kicker. Give him a kicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kickers until we pick, right? Yep. Exactly correct. All right, let's do this again. We got our Packers selected. We're going seven rounds, turbo. Right, you guys ready? Let's do it. Yeah, here we go. All right, nice. let's just let's talk about the top picks here. All right, Caleb Williams went number one to Chicago. Drake May went number two to Washington. Marvin Harrison Jr. went number three to New England. Joe Alt went to Arizona at number four. Uh, Rome Adunzi, wide receiver out of Washington, went number five to the LA Chargers. Malik Neighbors, wide receiver out of LSU, went to the New York Giants. You have Fashanu, tackle out of Penn State, went to Tennessee. Jaden Daniels, quarterback out of LSU, went to Atlanta. Look at that. Could you hmm. see that happening, Jake? Jaden Daniels going as high as number eight, man? I, I think if Atlanta wants Jaden Daniels, they're going to have to move up for Jaden Daniels. I think he'll go sooner. Nice. Yes. Oh, yeah. Got it. Got it. Who, who do you think of those top picks there? Who do you think? Let's say that Caleb Williams and Drake May are the first quarterbacks taken off the board. Who do you think will take Jaden Daniels? Do you think it'll be the Patriots, maybe? Oh, it could be the Patriots. I think the Giants and the Falcons are two obvious ones to move up uh, for a guy like that. Got it. Then, <clears throat> then you start getting to, to like Minnesota at eleven. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this, boy. Chicago crushed this draft. Not only did they go get Caleb Williams, they went and got Brock Bowers at tight end. Target nine. So, Jerzan Newton at number ten um, to the Jets. 
of course, the Jets will take another defensive lineman, right, and just continue to bolster that up. There's no doubt about that. Cooper DeGene goes number 11. Jake, does that catch you off guard a little bit, man? Uh, not when PFF has him ranked eight. He's just ne- he's never going to be available in this simulator when he's ranked that high. <laughs> gotcha. So they, they've got him going number 11 to the Vikings. You've got Fuaga tackle out of Oregon State going to Denver. Bo Nix quarterback going to, going to the Vegas Raiders. You want to see that. We want to see all the quarterbacks come mm-hmm. off the board before 25. No doubt. Nate Wiggins, cornerback out of Clemson to the Saints at 14. Dallas Turner, edge defender out of Alabama, going number 15 to the Colts. you got Jared Verse, edge defender out of Florida State, going 16 to the Seahawks. J.C. Latham, tackle out of Alabama, going to Jacksonville, going to help protect the blind side there for uh, for Trevor Lawrence. you got tackle Amarius Mims out of Georgia, going number 18 to the Bengals. Quinyon Mitchell, cornerback out of Toledo, going to – the L.A. Rams. Let's see here. That's the that's the top corner taken here. No, 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 no. We had Cooper DeGene. Cooper DeGene was the top corner. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I did. It didn't even register when I was saying. Do you think he can yeah, go there? And Wiggins went second. So that's inter- that's interesting. That is very interesting. You're right. Yeah. So Quinion Mitchell at number 19. I think there's a slight chance, Jake, if the board falls just right. Maybe the Packers trade up, man. Maybe they trade up in this draft. That'd be kind of cool. Just, I don't just, know. Just, Pray for Quinion Mitchell four five and not a four three something. And there you go. There we're, we're in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> got it. You got Terry and Arnold cornerback out of Bama going number twenty to Pittsburgh. Uh, Latu out of UCLA edge defender going to the uh, going to the uh, Dolphins at twenty one. You got Troy Franklin wide receiver out of Oregon going number twenty two to the Philadelphia Eagles. Braylon Trice edge defender out of Washington going twenty three to Houston. And then number twenty four you got Jackson Powers Johnson going to the Dallas Cowboys. So we're on the clock. Best available prospects, according to PFF. Wide receiver Brian Thomas Jr., cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry, cornerback Enos Rakestraw Jr., tackle Jordan Morgan out of out of Arizona, and Michael Penix Jr., quarterback out of Washington. What are we thinking here, guys? Let's, let's kick it off. Tim, is there anybody that catches your attention right off the bat? We'll go around the horn real quick. Um, Kool-Aid. I need Kool-Aid? some Kool-Aid. Yeah. Um, right. I don't know. We got to run that by Jake, though. What do you think, Jake? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think Kool-Aid, if you're going to be in a lot of middle field close, which we assume Green Bay is going to be in, yep. it's going to give you a lot of chances to play some press man, which I think McKinstry is very good at. I think it gives you the opportunity to play cover three match, which I think he's really, really good at as well. Uh, you can just tell on film with McKinstry that the, the Saban match coverages, it's all just it all clicks for him very easily. He knows. All right, what are my principles if 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 you know the number one's going across the field? How do I pick up the number two? And he just he his communication skills and his eyes and zone coverage to match are really, really good. Smooth transition, smooth transition. Um, what's crazy is when we broke down our little mini draw uh mini draft board positionally, we had Quinyon Mitchell one and Kool-Aid McKinstry number two. So we're technically getting the second best corner in my eyes in this draft. I feel like he is better than Cooper DeGene, Nate Wiggins, and Terry and Arnold, all of which have already come off the board. If it fell like this, I would be tickled to death. Emilio, are you okay with this? Yeah. Obviously, he graded out and he said, Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he graded out Run grade 83. What, uh, how many missed tackles do you have? What's that say down there? Scroll down a little. What does that say? Missed tackles three? Three? That. I'll take that all day long with a run grade 83 and a covered grade 75 and up, man, or 74.7. Yeah. I mean, and, and listen, 2021, 67.9, 2022, 82.5, 2023, 88.1. Coverage grade in 2023, 87.8. That's just unbelievable. Look at the zone coverage, too. It's, it's actually boring how good he is. 
coverage. <laughs> film is film is on it when you watch him, it's it's boring because he's not like getting targeted a lot because he's in the hip pocket, like every dang rep. It's right. it's it's right. so boring, but that's that's a good good and thing. he returns, right? Jake, am I wrong? Uh, he did he did a little bit uh as a freshman, yeah. Might have done it as a sophomore. You got those moves when you're a returner, you know. We're taking Kool-Aid. All right, we got to go rapid fire. We're up against the gun now. Surprise, surprise, we're running behind, right? Uh, let's see. Here. Number ball. 41. Just blame me, Clayton. <laughs> no, it's all good. Number 41, we got uh, best available is Darius Robinson, Edge out of Missouri, wide receiver Mitchell out of Texas, center Zach Frazier out of West Virginia, Chris Jenkins, defensive lineman out of Michigan, wide receiver Devontae Walker out of North Carolina. We're going – if we're looking at needs, guys, we said we needed four safeties – Four corners, three offensive linemen, two linebackers, one D line, one edge, one tight end, one one uh halfback. So if we look at Emilio, our top need would be safety, corner, O line, linebacker. How do you feel about this one, man? Mm. I would want to go. I, I've been thinking Frazier there, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, but Darius Robinson at the edge there. I I feel like that's a goody kind of pick. Probably probably right. What do you think, uh, Jake? How do you feel about um, this spot here, what would you go with? What position would you go with, man? Um, I would uh, definitely uh, go. Re- I'm just kidding, not receiver. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I think Darius Robinson would be excellent here. I, I think there's yeah. plenty of value. Oh, that's good that we got the corner. Uh, yeah. After you clicked on that. Um, yeah, I think w- when you, when it comes to, you know, explosiveness, power, playing with good leverage. Oh, yeah, the two safeties. I was wondering if they're still there. Uh, this yeah. But like what Robinson gives you some flexibility, move him around the line if you're going to change your front up a little bit. But like on the edge, like he is has dangerous power, has a great, great go-to counter move. And mm-hmm. like I think at the senior bowl, he looked a little more coordinated, right? I think on film sometimes with Robinson, he's he's kind of standing upright when he gets out of the stance. That leads to some clunky movements, you know, some mm-hmm. some losses as a pass rusher, but he looked a lot cleaner down in mobile. Uh gotcha. yeah. I mean, yeah. he's he's as, as good a fit of a four three end as you're gonna find. Right, and Preston's yeah. on his way out at some point. So, good point. Good point. That here's the issue I have. We got to get us. We got to get one of these top two safeties, right? We got to. Our next pick is 57. The question is, what are the chances that Tyler Newbin or Cameron Kinchins will be there at 57? It's the average draft position for Newbin 48.5, Cameron Kinchins 53.7. So we're if we if we pass up on safety here probably not going to get one of the top two guys. Are we okay with that? That's the real question. Uh, as of this moment right now, no. Uh, <laughs> no. Not okay at all. We need, we need at least one of these guys, right? It feels like it. Jake, are we wrong thinking like that, man? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> no, I zero. I, I don't think I've seen a, a, a mock in this simulator where Newman's ever available at 57. So you can chalk that down to pretty much 0%. Kenton's is like maybe five percent of the time you get to see him there at fifty-seven. So, mm-hmm. and let's do this. Let's let's look at Edge one more time here. Just let's specifically focus on Edge. So, yeah, if you got Darius Robinson, he's thirty-eight. Chop Robinson, there's a chance he could be there. Adiza Isaac could be there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, you're going to miss out on that safety most likely if we don't take him here. Well, we took D line at this pick in one of our other mocks too. We took uh, Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins think, yeah. yeah. So. Which, yeah, Jenkins would be interesting. Yeah, we I got. Chris him, I see a I see a measurement for him that I got from somebody. He's like two ninety two, 
which really not super big. Just being honest, that's not ideal. So if that's true and that's what he is at the combine, I think uh, you're going to see kind of, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see like some of the guys, you know, pack report and all this kind of saying like, mm, that's probably not a guy they're going to look at. And then Packers yeah. fans are going to flood to being like, yep, we're not drafting him. You know, it's, it's, that's right. going to be the case if that happens. And I've got Chris Jenkins as my best defensive lineman too. Like I, I, when I went through and looked at it, um, basically his pass rush, he graded out second of the top four that I had and run defense. He was second. So he was just really solid across the board as far as how he played the run, um, broken yeah. tackles, missed tackle combo there in SIS. He had a really high grade there. Um, so, it really what it comes down to, Devondre Sweat's the best run defender and the best pass rusher is Jerzan Newton from interior defensive line. But like you said, if Chris is just a little bit undersized here. We got, I'm going safety. Emilio, you going to hate me if we go safety here, man? No, no, I'm I'm fine with it for sure. We need one. No, Jake, Jake was saying uh, Cam Kinchin's uh, probably a better fit scheme-wise. Mm-hmm. Was that true? Well, you I, think, I, Jake? I think so. I, I just – the only thing I question with Newbin, and I know like some people get like really mad about this when I say <laughs> this about Newbin, I don't know why. Uh, but like I just don't know if he has that like elite straight line speed and can adjust his path while maintaining that elite straight line speed that I don't think he possesses, first of all, to to play single high. I think he Newbin is an excellent like middle field poacher in coverage. I think he can play the deep half, he's gonna play in the box. Like he does a lot of things well. It's just like if you're like drafting him to be the single high guy i'm Don't just him. not sure he can do it. I, but he's gonna have to rely he... on the instincts and the anticipation a lot to be able yeah. to handle it gotcha and kenshin's you feel better about him being single high i do because i know he has the range now is he as good a processor as a newbin not a, not at all no right. right so like you're you're kind of like weighing like okay what 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 are you what are you hoping the, the 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 one of these guys you know improves upon? And I just don't know if like Newman's going to suddenly be faster tomorrow. Gotcha. Uh, when he's in pads. However, I think Newman is the much better player at the position. And if you know, if let's say Halfley looks like, yeah, I think Savage has the speed and range to play the back end. I'm just going to coach him up to play the back end, and then it's like, all right, well then Newman can do everything else. Jake, do you so, remember when Mike Patton was here? We're going way over. This sucks. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you remember when uh, when uh, Mike Patton was here? Did Savage play single high in that middle field close look? Do you remember? Uh, I don't I, remember. I need to go back and watch. I don't either. That's uh, yeah. That's because on my I, list right now. I just I I feel like he's always been like they've they've wanted him to do at least some of what he did at Maryland, where he's like dropping in the hole and he has speed to just like oh, I'll carry this crosser. He's not yeah. going to outrun me and like all that kind of stuff and muck up windows yep. with his speed. But I'm not sure how many snaps he had as the true single high there. Yeah. So am I wrong? You're, you're, I think it probably means Kenshin's here, doesn't it? No, I, I think you take the better player. Take Dubin? Right. Yeah, let's take the better player. I like it. Let's do it. Had to talk me into it, didn't you? Oh, yeah, we really had to t- talk you into Tyler. <laughs> Clayton's was just hovering over the draft button for Newman. He's like, I don't know. I said Ed Clayton's like, eh. so, man. Try again. Yeah. I, was, I was waiting for Tim. As soon as you said Edge, I was waiting for him to hit the family feud X. Right <laughs> but number 57, here we are on the clock. Um, best available. Well, first of all, let's talk about needs. We got a safety. We got a corner, right? We still need three safeties, three corners, three offensive line, two linebackers are kind of our top needs as it sits right now. Well, is there other safety still there? Uh, let's take a look. Get it over with? That's a great question. <laughs> if they're both Emilio. there. <laughs> so, 
Kalen Bullock is a top safety left. Obviously, picking at 57, his average draft position is 67.7. Would be quite the reach right now. So if we if we dug into, let's say, let's just take a quick look at corner, and we'll take a quick look at offensive line as well. Okay, let's go all the way across the board too with offensive line, and let's see who's best available here. What are we What are we thinking here, Jake, Tim, everybody? How are we feeling about this right here? What, what are you thinking at 57? as it sits right now. And and we've got it sorted by offensive line and cornerback right now. I'm thinking if we go O-line, I'd I'd rather be interior O-line, but it doesn't look like there's not really lots, lining up. Not a lot to pick from here. A couple tackles though. I will say uh Pooney from Kansas has played guard. Okay. Really? Look at Jake. Yes. He has played guard. Yep. If you scroll down, I think if you scroll down you'll the snaps will be there. Yep, there you go. Eight hundred oh. 48. There we go. Good luck. 90 pass grade. Come on. Pass blocking. Yeah, look at the true pass set pass block grade to 86.6. What are we think? Are we good with so that? So, Clayton, what you're telling me is Hooney's really good uh, in true pass set situations as a tackle that the Packers might see as a guard because he's a little over 320. Mm, is that what we're saying? Be. It could be. There's no way he's going to be there at 88, right? No right. chance. No. I say we do it. Let's pull the trigger. Y'all good with it? I like it. Yeah, change it up. All right, let's go puny. Bang. All right, so we got us an offensive line. All right, number 88, back on the clock here. Top needs, safety, corner, offensive line, linebacker. I got to take a look at linebacker. I ain't going to try to steer y'all in no specific <laughs> direction. But, yeah, the big boys are off the board, so we're kind of picking – Picking from the scraps here, right? So um, I like this. So this is a different mock draft here. So let's go linebacker. Let's go safety. Mm-hmm. Let's corner. Go corner. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add, Jake? Uh, maybe O line again. You think? Uh, yeah, potentially. We got us a guard just now, didn't we? So might as well just check tackle as well. I think on the list, just because right, we'll put tackle on there. If, so if Puni becomes a guard, which I think Green Bay will see him as one, mm-hmm. I think you're now looking at like. Bach and and Walker Insurance. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. All right. So best best prospects available when we sort it by those positions: offensive tackle, corner, safety, and linebacker. Your best available is Taki Smith out of Georgia at safety, DJ James, cornerback out of Auburn, Jerry and Jones out of Florida State at corner as well. Uh, it's really cornerback heavy right here. Then you've got uh, how do you say his name out of Notre Dame? I I think it's. I think it's Lou Fowl, but I, I'm going to check that. Don't you cuss on my podcast, Jake. What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what are we thinking here? Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards safety, seeing that we need another one. What, what do you, Ooh. you know, safety or corner here, right? I'm going with uh, DJ James Auburn. That, right. That'd be my pick, but what yeah, do you guys think? Well, they agree 71.6, 82.3, That's pretty solid there. Uh, what do you think about that pick, Jake uh, and Amelia? What are you thinking? Yeah, I like that. The only thing I, the only other thing I saw was our boy Max, but he 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 can hang on. I think we might be able to snag him later on. Max Milton, I got you. <laughs> what are you thinking, Jake? Uh, so my only thing on um on DJ James is uh, measured at five eleven one seventy in Mobile. Okay, that's pretty light to be playing outside corner. Yeah, and Green Bay's in title town. Thicker, don't they? Yeah, yeah. At least and in what are your thoughts on uh, Tyke Smith then from Georgia? Uh. Yeah, I think he's at his best when he's playing nickel. Truly, really. Yeah, I think I think so. I, you can see it right there. Georgia got wow. in the slot a ton. And... This, bro, did we just find our slot corner? Looky here, perhaps. 
I think Jerry Jones did it. Jerry Jones was a slot. Did a lot of that as well. Yep, right here. Yeah, yeah, 394. So yeah, it really and look, and look at the look at the grade change. He was he was mo, he was majority on the outside for the last wow. two seasons. Let's kick him inside, see how it goes. And, and he goes up to a 90. Wow. He is he is weighted heavily in that looks like Southern Miss, and then there's another grade he had over 90. Yeah, UNA. Uh, Hold okay. on University. It's Hold <laughs> on University. I don't know if that grade's getting carried by those two games <sighs> against uh oh, so near FCS competition. I think we got it narrowed down though to Taki yeah. Smith and Jerry and Jones. What do we think? Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> so hey, look, we got another pick at 91. There's a chance we could get them both. I say let's go Taki Smith. Are we good with that? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's, let's go Taki Smith. So we're we're gonna mark him off as a safety, although we know he can play slot corner. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we're back on the clock at 91. Let's reset the board again. Corner. Let's go safety. Let's go. Off. Let's go ahead and add running back in too while we're at it. Um, let's go. We still haven't got an offensive tackle, right? We got an interior guy. I think. I think so. Yeah, and then linebacker we still haven't gotten. All right, so that's kind of how it sits. Jerry and Jones is still there, man. Um, I think. I think you're gonna hate me for this, but I think I would take Jerry and Jones over Blake Core. And what are you guys thinking here? I mean, that's like we talked about. Yeah. You got two chances. Imagine that camp battle: Jerry and Jones, Taki. And if we bring back our boy Keyshawn Nixon, imagine them all battling for that nickel spot. Well, that's going to be a heated position battle, right? At, at this point of the draft, I would take a corner over a, a running back, hands down. Mm-hmm. You agree with that, Jake? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super sold at Corum here. I think he's. I think he needs a lot of duo uh, wherever he goes. Uh, just explain to him what you mean by that. I, I think he just. Gorm's at his best when he can press the line of scrimmage, right? And you'll get those two double teams that are kind of moving the pile a little bit. And then Vertical he presses, power, right? yeah, and he presses long enough where you know you're you're kind of sucking the defense in a little bit. Linebackers are crashing to make sure that they've got all their gaps sound, and then he's able to bounce out. Got Reminds it. me a little bit of Clyde Edwards Alaire. That's kind of what Edwards Alaire needed a lot, and he really hasn't gotten that in Kansas City. Makes sense. So what he's talking about with duo, duo is is always described as vertical power. You don't have offensive linemen changing lanes, but they're looking to get displacement down the field, okay? They're looking to double and then attack at the next level. Vertical, what we call vertical power. And if you look at the, the grade here for Blake Corum, that's considered gap, okay? Gap 85.1 zone grade, which we run a lot of zones, 71.7. So I'm with you, Jake. Yeah, I, I, think, just, uh, I, I think that him being 5'7 and Green Bay, you know, kind of like probably looking for more zone fit guys, mm-hmm. just where they're going to find, they're going to find, I think, guys that they like the fit a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right, we're going rapid fire now. We're waiting. Yep. I'm, I'm thinking Jerry and Jones. We good with it, guys? I think him or Lou Fowl from Notre Dame, either one. Okay. Dude plays with his hair on fire. 6'2", 239. 6'2", oh, yeah. Size, don't he? Coverage? Look at that coverage grade, too. Mm-hmm. Coverage's not bad. Well, hey, it's your call. Don't you call the it, miss Jake. tackle rate, though. Don't love the missed tackle rate on that. Yeah. Oh, God. See, I'm going Jerry and Jones. I'm over. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. I've got so much PTSD from missed tackles. I'm yeah, done. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with that. All right. And I'm a Notre Dame fan, by the way. So, uh, all right, pick 126. Oh, here, fellas. Man. He said, ah, oh, he's got somebody. Dallas, Just... bro. Dallas, oh, Dallas help us out, man. Or Sean <laughs> what are we thinking here, Jake? Um, top needs, still safety, corner, offensive line, linebacker. Um, I'll load it down here. Get your thoughts together. 
safety. Let's go. Let's add in. Let's add in all the needs now. Running back. We'll go offensive tackle. We'll go interior. Pretty much everybody, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, add long snapper on there too. Yeah, why not? Right. Let's let's throw linebacker in. All right. Here's kind of your top prospects. You're going Jaden Hicks, safety out of Washington State. Tackle Blake Fisher out of Notre Dame. Cornerback Cam Hart out of Notre Dame. Will Shipley running back out of Clemson. What are we thinking here, Jake? Um, I think Fisher or Jones, one of the tackles. Uh, I think Jones is just under Shipley there. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like that's probably the direction. I know there's going to be some Braylon Allen in the chat, though. <laughs> they always got are. Juice, though. <laughs> Shipley's got some juice. <laughs> Everybody All right, work. let's go with best available then as far as average uh, draft position and yeah. everything. Let's go Blake Fisher here. You good with it? Yeah, good with it. All right, let's roll with it. Bang. Blake Fisher, offensive lineman. Got that knee filled there. All right, now we're on to pick 168. Let's uh, narrow it back down. We're going to go. Takes a minute to do this. I apologize. Let's go. Load in all of our needs. I wish it just kept them up for us. I don't know why. Right. That'd be nice. But, uh, I'm gonna ride into PFF. Do they know who I am? I need that. <laughs> I, need that I need that bowling uh, video right now, Tim. <laughs> All right, so here we go. We got a uh, top prospects available: tackle Isaiah Adams out of Illinois, safety James Williams out of Miami, linebacker Tommy Eichenberg out of Ohio State. Just some of the names at the top. What are we thinking here, Jake? I think Eichenberg kind of stands out. Adams to me looked really good at the Senior Bowl at guard kind of already done that um mm-hmm. yeah and he's got more snaps there i i just he's got yeah. a lot of right tackle too so there's some flexibility look at that zone grade that zone grade's really good don't yeah. love the pass block and true path and true pass at pass block grade it's like Green you know Bay. how goody feels about that yeah too. goody goody's like if you're not if you're fine at the run game that's good but, if, yeah, if you're fine you below average as a pass protector you're out of here bro Mm-hmm. 22 grade wasn't he uh wasn't he inside on the 22 grade scroll back down yep yeah, yeah. so that penn state game yikes i like yeah, that i'm pretty sure he was hung over yikes <laughs> man uh we're, right. we're looking at tackling all i want to like, know is, like is max melton nice. still on the board <laughs> max, <laughs> max melton is gone <laughs> look i can work solid out of here he said i appreciate y'all not letting me play with my yeah, brother i like that um, what are we thinking, Jake? You pick it, man. I think Eichenberg's a pretty solid player here. Right, I think it gives Eichenberg. you enough size at the position. You know, maybe you got your Mike there. And you got, yeah, you got a little bit of competition there, right? Going to yeah. the four three. Might be so. able to drop Quay down, you know, do some Sam stuff, let him blitz. Ooh, like, come on. Know, give him some opportunities there. With his hair on fire coming off the edge, I'm, I'm about it. All right, here we go. Uh, pick 203. We won't load them in because we're getting late in the draft here. Um, top available linebacker. Is there a specific position you want to see? Run, running back, probably. Running yeah. back now's the time, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. All right. You got Mayan Williams out of Ohio State. You got Isaiah Davis out of South Dakota State. Deshaun Fenwick out of Oregon State. Rasheen Ali. I kind of like Ali, man. I'm I'm big on Ali out of Marshall for a little yeah, personally. You don't have to convince me, Clayton. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to convince me. Good at gap, decent decent zone too, right? But yeah, he's just uh he's a he's a lot. He of did he did battle some injuries uh this past year. I think if you look at like the the two before. Two years before, we're we're cooking, I think. Yeah. Uh, I so, you. yeah. We think are we good with it, or do you want to go go a different direction? What about Isaiah Davis? Out of South Dakota, they lead him oh. great. My God, 
but yeah, look at the opponents too, right? Well, don't we want another jackrabbit? Come on now. Hey, I'm all about it. Tucker Craft's in the draft room right now. He's saying you better you better pick him. <laughs> look at the Seriously, look at the teams he played against. You've got West Green Bay High. Got, <laughs> yeah, there's two that aren't even there. You got Are those big, fake games. You got Not big real? stone gap. They don't even have an image. Big stone yeah. gap, Virginia. Nobody knows who this is. No that, idea. That's a it. that's a practice, Clayton. I think that's why there's no who. <laughs> Great out 87 in practice that week. But you really know nice. what? We took a jackrabbit last year. I'm doing. I'm pulling the trigger. Watch this. Yeah. I mean, I ain't. You know who I am. Watch this. <laughs> right. Who do you think you are? I am. All right, number two. Who do you think you are? I am. All right, we still need two corners, two safeties. Um, another need might be. I think that's really the biggest need. Let's go corner safety here and just look at them real quick. See if there's anybody you like here, Jake. What sticks out to you here, man? Um, Oladapo, of course. We've talked about him. Yep. Uh, on a few occasions there. Yeah. We like that run defense. We like that. I like yeah. that. Let's just do it. You want he's to? Budget, I think he's budget Jaden Hicks. I think a lot of people were mentioning Jaden Hicks in the comments. I think Oladapo is is budget version based on where you're getting him in the draft. So somewhere really y'all like the good deal. So yeah, I know I know this good deal. <laughs> somewhere right now Jacob is clapping. He's all about a deal. I'm telling you, right? it's not the only thing he's clapping. You know what I'm saying? But here we go. Let's go safety. All right. So we went a lot of pole there. Number two forty three. What are we thinking here, fellas? Any position you want to see, oh, Jake? I mean, Rosengarten's still available. Oh, talk yeah? to me. Talk to, talk me, to me. Look at the pass blocking. Ooh. Oh, run block, don't care. Don't worry about it. Goody don't care. Why should we? Don't okay. care. Uh, yeah. and look at right tackle. Be tackle. Yeah. yeah, right tackle. Okay, so you got your backup right tackle there. If Caleb Jones uh, somehow, some way doesn't, doesn't make it on the roster, right? Um, I'm good yeah. with it. You guys good with it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, let's do it. So we have filled all three Probably. of our offensive line needs. I like that. Probably um, running right. back again. Pick 251. What do you want to see? Unless there's probably running back, but also we haven't drafted D-line edge, right? Uh, we have not taken an edge yet, no. Yeah. Might as well take a look there. All right. Here's what you got. Halfback Carson Steele out of UCLA. Edge defender David out of Houston. <laughs> You've got Blake Watson, halfback out of Memphis. And Jawar Jordan out of Louisville, halfback. What do you think of him? You want to get size at the running back position, Steel. Steel. It might be the coolest name, too, in the entire draft. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Having a halfback whose name is Steel, right, at 6'1", 225. Jake, are you okay? Are you signing off on this? Yeah. Steel and know. Davis? I mean, I know there's some people that are like, why would you wait this long? But, like, Steel and Davis, I think, are, are really nice in the seventh, sixth, seventh round. Average draft position, 241. We're taking them at 251. So we went kind of heavy on halfback. I like it. We did. I like it. That means Emmanuel Wilson might be playing for his uh, his spot, right? So be. there you go, dude. So there is our mock draft. I'll screen grab it real quick, and we'll get out of here. We went way over. The ladies are going to divorce us tonight. But that's what happens when Jake jumps in here when we say mock draft. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the way it works. I wouldn't have it any other way. Not the divorce. I'm just saying like that. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, with that being said, anybody got anything else? Anything else y'all want to hit before we get out of here? No, man. No. All right. We ain't got no super chats to hit. I apologize. I know we've neglected the chat, but just thank you, Bates, for the uh, gifted five membership. Appreciate you always. 
Absolutely, that way. If uh, if Emilio does win on the on the wheel, it'll be like Mrs. Green. Sorry, you're not getting for us. We can't do that. We're already getting heckled by Eric Sutherland about it being rigged anyway. So that's just <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, guys, we're out of here. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us. We will see you guys most likely for Good Morning Lambo. Appreciate everybody in the chat. You guys were awesome again, Doug. You go knock it dead, dude. Hope you get that position you're looking for, buddy. Appreciate you. Uh, hanging out with us all year long. And again, don't blame me. Okay. Do not blame me. Don't ever do that again. All right. So we'll see you guys in the morning. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go pack, go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. Tell the tackle.